Hi everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Bloomberg Intelligence Tech, Disruptors Podcast. My name is Anurag Rana, and I'm a technology analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, Bloomberg's in-house research arm. We're delighted to have Cameron Adams, co-founder and the chief product officer of Canva as our guest today. I would say that I've been following Adobe for close to two decades, and then very seldom do you see a company that's out there to disrupt the established, you know, vendors out there. So we'd love to start off, Cameron, then to, you know, for, for you to please give us a brief background of yourself and Canva. Firstly, I'd love to say it's uh, great to be here, Anurag. Thank you for having me on. Myself, I think I've got a weird background in both graphic design and software engineering, which, as it turns out, is a pretty good combination for when you want to make a design software company. But I left university probably about 20 years ago, started my own design agency for a while, ended up at Google and worked on a product there called Google Wave, which was a fantastic learning journey for me. I learned a hell of a lot about product design and product management. Uh, It ultimately didn't work out. The product uh, ended up getting canned. But through that process, I wound up getting introduced to a couple of people called Melanie Perkins and Cliff Obrex. And 11 years ago, we started Canva, which has turned into a bit of a behemoth now. We started off very small, of course, with zero customers, but over the years, we've grown Canva to now be 125 million people who use it every single month. We're in our sixth profitable year in a row now, and we surpassed $1.4 billion in annualized revenue. So I think we've found quite a a good little niche that has grown into a huge niche, and it's really resonated with people all over the world. I know it is excellent. And as I said, I'm truly delighted to speak to you. So our podcast is about disruptors. Can you tell us a little bit about what markets you're currently disrupting? Yeah, I love the word disruptor as kind of an analytical term, but I think when we were setting out, we didn't really think about disrupting anything. I think we saw a pain point for people that was an opportunity for us to make something better. Um, And we really wanted to connect people with design because 11 years ago, there wasn't an easy way for non-designers to interact with design and create visual content and get the ideas out of their head in a really effective way. So we set out to build a tool that didn't just service the 1% of people who have the design skills to create stuff, but service the other 99% of people who really needed to communicate in a better way communicate visually and more effectively work in this visual economy that has now evolved over the last decade. So we we built a product that took us about a year to build our very first product and we launched it. We didn't have too many expectations on how it would grow. And it started growing very slowly in the beginning. Uh, I think we added about probably a couple of thousand people in our first month. But I don't know, digital growth has a way of compounding and, and growing over time. And before you knew it, we're adding over 300,000 people every single day. And now we add millions and millions of people every single month. And as I said, it's, it's really resonated. And I think visual communication has come into the fore over the last decade as not only the ways that we communicate through social media, through video, through dynamic presentations have changed, Um, But also people have realized that visuals, images, videos, much more effective way of communicating. And they're tapping into this throughout all parts of their lives, not just their personal lives that they're posting on social media, but also in their work lives, the way they communicate with their colleagues, the way they bring teams together, the way that they seed ideas and grow those ideas. Uh, One of the things that's always amazed me, and again, you know, a financial analyst like myself is always thinking about the 
the addressable market in terms of the number of users. And I have been surprised year after year over the last decade as to how they just keep on climbing. So when you look at people who are, you know, at the your end user, the people who are using your software, and you look at that universe, how do you divide that into people who are very serious about graphic designing to the ones that are, uh, you know, hobbyist? I think nowadays, I mean, everyone is subconsciously really enthusiastic about design. Uh, I think it's, it's a necessary way of communicating nowadays. It's not just about talking to people. Uh, it's not just about writing long swathes of text. Um, it really is about imagery, moving images, videos, audio, all of that combined into this artifact that is greater than the sum of its parts. And this applies pretty much every aspect of your life, from your personal life through to your work life. And we very purposely from the beginning made Canva a free product. So you can sign up to Canva, you can get a ton of value out of it without ever giving us a dollar. Um, and this product-led growth was very conscious from us because A, we wanted people to be able to access design no matter where they were in the world, no matter what means they had, no matter how much money they could use to support themselves. And B, we knew that if we offered a free product, it would draw people in and we would be able to offer them more features on top of that. So we've always had a freemium model where people can sign up for Canva, get use out of it for free, realize the power of the tool, realize the power of design, and then subscribe to a number of different subscriptions that we have in order to make their experience more powerful. Um, so we have a couple of different subscriptions. One of those is Canva Pro, which is centered a lot on individuals and small to medium businesses. And they can use Canva to supercharge their brand, do more effective marketing, and they pay, pay roughly $12 a month for that. We also have Canva Teams, which is the next subscription tier. And this is focused a lot on people who are collaborating in teams, large and small, and also in enterprises. So we have over 6 million subscribers now to our Canva Teams product, and that includes organizations like FedEx and Salesforce. On top of those two paid tiers, we also uh, love to give our product away for free to people who really need it. So we have two programs called Canva for Education and Canva for Nonprofits. Uh, and we actually give Canva entirely away for free to both teachers and students and also any nonprofit anywhere in the world. We recently launched Canva for Campus, which is a way to get Canva into an education setting, particularly around universities. So any university that wants to sign up and get their entire administration office onto Canva for, for a, a very discounted package, but their entire student body also gets Canva for free entirely. Um, and we've seen fantastic take up of Canva, particularly in universities, because students are really on that cusp of picking up new tools, wanting to use visual communication to communicate better and are moving from high school through to the workplace. And Canva is a super effective tool for them to be learning and using. Oh, that's excellent. In, in terms of, um, you know, why you're targeting, uh, why now you're targeting teams and enterprises, what's really the, the crux behind that? As I you know, kind of mentioned, communication is increasingly visual. And it's something that people have taken from their personal and private lives into their workplace. And that's actually been one of our biggest growth channels is people discovering Canva for something like a Halloween party or their kid's birthday party or creating a flyer for their local church group. And they will bring it into their company when they need to create some materials for the office. 
and it will grow from there because they'll introduce their colleagues to it. They want to start collaborating on a presentation or a document. They'll draw their team in. The team will start using Canva and expands from there. And we have seen how much more effective these visual forms of communication are in the workplace. We're increasingly seeing people communicate asynchronously. In order to do that, they need to figure out ways to engage their colleagues, engage the people who they're trying to shift their mindset and get them to really focus on the content, which can include video, it can include talking presentations where you record yourself giving a presentation and then share that asynchronously with people. Uh, of course, it can include posters and collateral that you, you put up around the office. But this value of visual communication is just increasing and increasing in workplaces. And we actually commissioned a report recently called the Visual Economy Report. Um, we surveyed 1,600 business leaders and came up with a bunch of fascinating insights. One of those was that 61% of business leaders indicate that they expect employees to have extensive design skills in the workplace now, which just speaks to the importance of visual communication and the importance of using tools like Canva to do that. Uh, and I'm going to date myself and go back and tell you a story that you know, back in 98, I was working at the, uh, you know, my college admission program and uh, I used to create the website using HTML and, and, and Photoshop. And I mean, it was an amazing experience to come up with really nice images and it was a complicated software. So when, when I think about your products itself, can you give me an idea of who do you compete with and, and why is it that if I'm a new user, I should choose your product versus the competition? I think if you look at certain parts of Canva, there's, there's competitors in there. So you might be able to say that someone competes on a video tool or someone competes on a social media graphic tool. But I think the real value of Canva is threefold. Firstly, we're a completely integrated visual communication platform. That means that we're not just one tool, we're a whole suite of tools that work seamlessly together. This means that you can go from something that is truly an abstract idea in your head. Maybe you don't know, quite know the form of it. Maybe you're not sure how to get it out and explain it to other people. And you can use Canva to explore that idea, whether that's on a whiteboard or you're writing text in a document or you prefer to start off in a presentation. And within Canva, entirely within the visual suite, you can move from this very abstract idea through to a fully formed video piece of marketing, something that you'll send out on social media. And there's no other tool that has that complete breadth of the platform of going something that is purely an idea through to an extremely polished, finished product. And over the years, we've seen that as one of the real advantages of Canva is being able to maintain that idea through its entire evolution and not have to jump out to a bunch of different software tools. Every time you use a different piece of software, you have to learn a new interface, you have to learn a new way of thinking, you have to understand how to import and export into different pieces of software. And it's really hard to maintain your message and your brand when you have all these friction points between moving from an idea to execution. So having all that within the one platform is a massive advantage and it lets you move quicker, it lets you produce something with higher quality, and it also lets you collaborate better because everyone is working in the same platform. It is super easy to get into Canva. Um, we've had real-time collaboration baked in there for years. It's a web native product, so it's super easy to share with people who have never used Canva. They don't have to download anything. It's entirely cross-platform, so they can use Canva on their laptop, their Windows machine, their Mac machine, 
their Android phone, their Apple phone, um, and it's all a seamless experience. And this combined produces a platform that is unsurpassed. Uh, and that's kind of why we consider ourselves not to have any competitor directly in the space where we are. A very good point you brought about the, the you know the unified experience and and one of my experiences has been when a software company is growing it creates this beautiful product but then it you know ends up acquiring somebody out there and then you got to figure out how to either record that particular you know acquired company or you got to figure out how to plug it in. What's your view when you know how do you maintain a unified experience at the same time? growing the product, I, I do see you, you know, you acquired a couple of things uh, recently, or at least that's what I looked at. How do you maintain that uh, uniformity? It is a really tricky balance, and it's one you just have to constantly be fighting for. Um, one of our cultural values is actually to make complex things simple, which means we're always striving to remove the complexity from systems, from processes, and make them super easy to do. Uh, and we constantly see the value in doing this because as you make something simple, it makes it easier for people to do, which means they'll do it more often, which means they'll get more value out of being able to do that thing. And we've seen this at a you know hyper level with making design simple. Um, we also see it at a very local level from making this very tiny action inside the product much more simpler to do. A great example of that is background removal. So being able to remove the background from an image used to be a really cumbersome process that could take hours to like deep etch something, make sure the hair was all uh, properly transparent. And we actually, to your point, acquired a company uh, three or four years ago called Kaleido, uh, and they're based in Austria, Vienna. They're now our Canva Vienna office. And they have produced an amazing piece of technology, which allows you to remove the background from an image with just one click. Uh, and it immediately moved this extremely complex process into a simple thing that anyone in the world can do and can get value from. And that one feature has been used over a billion times in Canva. And when you think of the number of use cases it's been used for, the people it's been able to help and what they've been able to achieve by using this one-click technology, it's amazing. But it is a constant battle. Like keeping complex things simple is something we constantly have to revisit. It's something we are always looking for in the experience of our product. And the trend is for things to get more complicated, for you to add on more things, for the experience to become longer and more winding. And we are always reassessing what the experience of Canva is and making sure that we're removing those pieces of complexity, that we're spotting complexity when they arise and taking it out, uh, and that we're spotting areas where complexity is that we can head towards and make simpler to bring it into the Canva visual switch and make the whole process a lot smoother. So perhaps take me to the journey. I, I sign, let's say I sign up Canva today. It's a freemium product. How do go? How do I go about using it? At what time do I get tapped out and then start opting it? You know, what has been your experience as to, I guess you could call it the increase in the average revenue per user or the same user over time. How does that person grow with, the, or, or how does Canva's product grow with that? Yes, I think um, one of the keys to Canva's growth over the years has been our use of so many different channels to acquire new users. So there's so many different ways you can end up in the Canva, and we're focused a lot on the jobs that people need to do. Uh, so you, as a journalist, might want to create, well, probably previously said you weren't a journalist, 
Uh, but as an analyst, you might want to create some social media contents. You might have your job in mind of getting a great Instagram post out. And you might type into Google, create a great Instagram post. And we've got great landing pages and content that bring you into Canva that way. Someone else might be looking for a great fifth birthday party invitation. Someone else might be looking for how to create a pitch deck for their new business that they're trying to start up. Um, and we've got so many channels now into Canva because of the breadth of the platform that people from all different parts of the world with all different jobs to be done end up at Canva. Uh, and they end up at Canva with that very particular job in mind. And they might never have heard of Canva before, but they've suddenly realized they can now create a presentation or they can create a flyer or they can create a social post with it and they'll start creating it. And it's extremely easy on ramp. Um, when you click on that Google link and end up at Canva, you're creating a design in seconds and you might have something great that's ready to go within minutes. Um, so it's a really easy on-ramp. And from there, we start growing people's usage of it. So they will either start creating more social posts or more presentations, or they'll discover that they can move from a presentation through to a video that they can create in Canva. Or from that video, they might discover that they can go back to a presentation and start doing their pull pitch deck in Canva. Or maybe they want to do a long form document, which incorporates visuals and text, and they can use Canva docs to do that. So once we've had people land on Canva, it's very easy for us to start growing their usage of it uh, and increasing the surface area that they're doing visual communication in, which is really exciting growth engine for us. And it's something that has led Canva's growth for the last 10 years. Word of mouth and organic is actually our largest growth channel, far ahead of any marketing or any paid advertising. Um, and it's something we're keen to keep going. Product-led growth, word of mouth, people being enthusiastic about the product experience of Canva itself is the best way to grow Canva. And to your point earlier, keeping complicated processes simple is super important to enable that. Because the simpler it is, the more people use it, the more people will call other people in to start collaborating and, and using Canva. And it's just a real snowball effect. In, in terms of, uh, you know, I guess geography, are you exposed to one particular area or the other? Or, you know, like most software companies, you're, you're more exposed to North America? We started out um, being in some fairly specific geographies, not by choice, just because people in those geographies are often more able to pick up new technologies. So if you asked me that question eight years ago, I would probably say that we were very exposed to North America or that was our, our largest growth channel. We're actually based here in Australia. That's where Canva grew up. Uh, and it's where our biggest office is in Sydney. So we, we have a huge Australian cohort of users that use Canva as well. And probably in those early days, I think the UK Certain other English-speaking countries were really popular with Canva. But in about our fourth or fifth year at Canva, we realized that in order to expand globally and to truly empower the entire world to design, we needed to focus a lot on internationalization. Um, so we put together a big project to take Canva beyond English, to make the software itself in other languages, to pull all our content into different languages and different cultures, to start communicating our marketing and our emails in different languages. And it was a really pivotal moment for us because once we started doing that, it just unlocked a whole bunch of other markets around the world. Uh, Brazil is now one of our biggest markets. So Brazilian Portuguese uh, is the localized language there. 
India is one of our fastest growing markets. Indonesia has gone crazy. Countries all over the world have started adopting Canva and adopting it as a very local tool. And it's something we're quite proud of that you can have a fully local experience within Canva across almost 190 different countries. We're in an incredible amount of languages and we're constantly focusing on bringing local relevant content to people no matter where they are in the world. So that means having the right templates for their country and their culture, having the right images, having the right illustrations, having the right video and audio content, having music that is in your language and speaks to you as an individual, no matter who you are, no matter what country you're in. And that international growth has truly changed the course of Canva and really set us on this path to a billion users. Yeah, did I hear you correctly? You said you've been profitable uh, last few years or so? Yes, we've been profitable for six years. And it is something that we're keenly focused on. It's, it's been something we've very strategically thought about uh, over those six years and something that we're continuing to strategically think about this year and for the years beyond. We've never wanted to be beholden to going out and raising money or, or you know, desperately bringing in a round. Um, we always want to be masters of our own destiny. And I think if you look at current economic climate, a lot of the stuff that's happened over the last year, being able to do that and maintain profitability uh, and not need to go ask someone else for money has been incredibly important for our own self-determination. And yet yeah, something that we will continue to focus on for the next many years. Well, the reason I brought it up was because in, you know, typically, I mean, I couldn't believe uh, how many countries you've already expanded in. And for software companies to do that, you know, you typically have to either open data centers or invest a lot of local capital. You know, how do you expand so rapidly and yet be profitable? Do you, you know, utilize third-party uh, cloud providers? Like, how do you manage this? I think in terms of infrastructure, we've seen massive changes in that over the last decade, definitely the last two decades. So obviously you're not hosting on-prem anymore. And being able to work with cloud providers like uh, AWS and Google just means that you're instantly scalable from day one. Um, and we don't have to think too intensely about that infrastructure side of things when we're thinking about global markets. You do have to more think about localization and speaking to different cultures, different languages. Uh, and that's definitely a heavier lift for us in terms of effort, but also that product-led growth and that organic word-of-mouth spread of Canva has enabled us to scale really well. We don't have to pay to enter markets. We don't have to get billboards. We don't even have to get uh, you know Google ads or, or paid online marketing. The drive for people to share Canva, to bring people into the ecosystem, purely through their own wants, um, has driven most of Canva's growth. And that is essentially free growth. There's a little bit of investment, of course, you have to do in having a growth team that are creating right landing pages, communicating to people about how they can get into Canva in the easiest way. But it's evergreen and it's amazing investment. When you pay a dollar for advertising, that's a dollar that's gone out the window and you're never going to see back. And it brings in one customer. But if you're building great content that brings people in and those people tell other people, that's just a constantly revolving investment that is always there. I kind of liken it to either paying rent or paying off your house. Um, and being able to invest in your own house and own it is a far better investment proposition than paying someone else money to bring in a customer. Um, and that's how I've always approached marketing. And it's 
it's why we've been able to scale so rapidly and scaling so many markets at the same time. No, it is very impressive. I, I had no idea. You know, very recently, Adobe has been pushing its express product with the idea of, you know, getting people in, you know, free of cost, again, a freemium product, and then, you know, expanding it over time. Are you seeing any uh, increase in competition recently because of that? I think it's a really great validation of this category that we've managed to create. To bring visual communication to every person in the world uh, is something that I think has really picked up in the last decade. We're still the world leaders. Uh, we're still the, the company that has created the true end-to-end visual communications platform. And that's what we continue to focus on. Uh, and I think it is a huge market which requires a very strong focus on that simple experience and a very strong focus on what it means to create visual, con- uh, visual content for people of all sorts of stripes in all sorts of different countries speaking all sorts of different languages. And I think it's a very different product problem and product building process to a lot of other software. Um, and it's something we've managed to nail, but we, something we need to continue to nail and innovate on. And that has really driven our thoughts around what new products we build, what new technology we integrate, uh, and what new features our customers need. You know, let's jump on AI. This has been the, the topic that everybody's been talking about for the last uh, six to nine months. Perhaps, uh, you know, take us through the journey as to, you know, when did you start working on that uh, towards your product portfolio? And, um, you know, where are we now? And But most importantly, where do you think it will be over the next three to five years? The Canva was built on technological innovation. We've always had a great blend in the team of people working on technology, people working on the experience, and people thinking about our growth and bringing people in. We were very fortunate that Canva started in this window where web technology became very accessible, opened up a whole new market of people that could easily jump onto your product, and also offered the power that we needed as a design tool for people to have a great experience designing. Prior to that, doing design in a browser was just something that was too painful to think of. But when Canva launched, it was just this, this moment where browsers became powerful enough. There was a need from people to create visual content and Canva was there to capitalize on it. Over the years, we've continued that technological innovation. And obviously the world has moved on from focusing on, on web tools. It's now entered the mobile area and is now entering the AI era as well. Um, and we very much see AI as a technological innovation that needs to be harnessed. Artificial intelligence isn't something that you just put up in bright lights and people will flock to it. I think in our inner circles and in our bit of an echo chamber, we often talk about AI in abstract as AI is this thing that we're experimenting with and people are excited to use. But when you actually go out into the real world and look at how people are using products, they might be interested in AI for five minutes, but then they'll go off to, to the rest of their lives and focus on you know, actually building value with, with what they're doing. So AI isn't something that you can just slap into a product and say, we're now AI enabled, please use us more. You have to really think deeply about what you're using AI for and particularly how that AI actually helps people do what they need to do. And that's something that we've been thinking about at Canva for you know, over a decade and bringing AI into the product in a useful way that truly connects with people is something that we've been focusing on. 
Artificial intelligence, machine learning is something we have been building into our product for probably five or six years now. And I think you've seen this change in the technology itself and how deeply embedded that technology is. Six years ago, you'd probably use machine learning or more of your data analysis and people wouldn't really understand how it's affecting your product experience. So we used um, AI and machine learning very early on to analyze what people might want to create next in Canva. And we would offer them new templates that were suited to them. Uh, we would offer them photographs that work well with their design, but it was kind of a very seamless process. It was just like, here's a thing that you might be interested in. Maybe you should try using it. Over the last year or two, you've seen AI come to the fore a lot and become part of the user experience that people are consciously using. And generative AI in particular in the design space has changed the way that you can interact with your customers and enable them to use artificial intelligence. But again, you don't just want to slap AI on and say, please use our new AI thing. You need to connect it with what people are doing. Um, and we've managed to do that across a whole bunch of different areas in Canva. And we very much see it as an enabler of the creative process. We want it to be this trusted assistant sitting off to the side while you're creating stuff and able to help you get things done faster, get it done with higher quality, um, and almost be this, this editor or, or co-pilot that is sitting alongside you and helping you through the creative process. You have a large repository of, you know, digital assets, you know, pictures, videos that people can use. And do you charge extra for that? When we started Canva, our original business model was actually to offer people elements for a dollar. So it was quite expensive at the time to create a design and get what you needed into that design. If you're creating something, you might have to go up somewhere and pay $100, $500 for a photo. You wouldn't even be able to try out that photo before you actually decided whether you wanted to pay for it or not. And being able to design something and seamlessly bring in content into your design and try things out, see whether that photo worked, whether that font worked, whether that illustration worked, was a real innovation. And every time you went to publish something in Canva, for most of our library, you'd have to pay a dollar when you wanted to actually get it published. In order to do that, we had to build up a huge library of content. And we now actually have over 100 million pieces of content, ranging from photos to illustrations to music that you can use in your videos or video footage that you can um, splice together as well. Uh, and having that content available, like this always-on library that has pretty much everything you'll need to communicate visually and to incorporate that into your designs uh, is one of the most valuable parts of Canva. You know, we recently hosted a podcast um, um, on the ethics and the, uh, you know, some of the legal ramifications of AI-generated images. And it was very interesting to, you know, figure out whether an image that's created using generative AI you know, who owns the rights for that? What has been your, uh, you know, company's take on it as you work with creators to, you know, figure out, you know, what, what what's the right uh, economic model for that? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really fascinating area and obviously one that's still evolving. I don't think any country in the world has the answer, you know, legally to what form this content is, where copyright laws sit, et cetera. We're very much viewing it as a place that needs to evolve and a place where discussions need to happen. And we've launched early to enable that, to enable people to use the tools, try them out, um, see what's useful, what's not, what works, what doesn't, 
uh, and what they actually need from, you know, tools like a generative image, uh, uh, an image generator or a text generator and see where those lines are. And I think without that experimentation, you're not going to be able to figure out the answers. So you need to be able to use it in the product, see what people are doing with it, and then use that as a feedback loop to improve the systems. Are you exposed to any one particular vertical over the other, uh, you know, in terms of industries um, that are using your products? I think we're, we're very broad. Uh, so I wouldn't say we're, we're exposed. It's, it's an opportunity for us to be able to take Canva into so many different areas. We're super strong in small to medium businesses. We've been growing extremely rapidly over the last couple of years in really large teams. So enterprises, companies with over 5,000 employees. Um, and that's been actually one of our biggest growth areas over the last two years is growing in that large team space and helping people realize the value of visual communication, but also the value of having consistent brand where everyone is on message and singing from the same hymn sheet. Um, it's a, one of the, actually the huge values of Canva is being able to incorporate great design into everything that you can create. So you don't have to worry about your sales team going off brand or you know this marketing team in some far-flung locale going off brand. You can roll stuff out through Canva and be assured that every member of your team is creating great product. So Cameron, if I remember correctly, you know, you formed, what, 14 years ago or so, you said, I don't think you've ever seen a recession or an economic slowdown uh, so far. So, so how's the work world shaping up for you right now in an environment where inflation is high, you know, technology companies are cutting jobs, and there's a threat of you know, recession looming uh, in front of us? I think we've been through a few dips and rises over the years. Uh, for us personally as a company, because we've been focused so keenly on profitability for the last six years, it hasn't really affected us. We haven't had to do layoffs as many tech companies have had to do. Um, and our user base and our revenue continues to grow. And I think fortunately for us, in moments of economic turmoil, people turn to tools which enable them to more easily do things, to bring their team together, to aggregate cost and look for tools that do multiple things and span multiple areas. And Canva is perfectly suited for that. You know, it's a relatively inexpensive tool that you can bring your whole team onto and which enables you to do a lot of things that you might have to pay, you know, 10 pieces of software to do. So having that consolidation is really valuable for us. And particularly, you know, through moments of turmoil like COVID, We've seen people flock to Canva because it does offer this way of saving costs, bringing your team together better and optimizing the processes that otherwise might be going out of control within your company. So, you know, I also covered a company called DocuSign that saw a big spike during the pandemic. And then, you know, in subsequent years, you saw that demand pull forward and, you know, the growth has not been that uh, good. How has your experience been, you know, through the pandemic and then in the subsequent last uh, year and a half? We definitely saw a huge, um, you know, ramp up in growth uh, in, the, in the early months of the pandemic. But for us, that's continued. So we've actually added 40 million people in the last six months. And that has been because of the improvements in our product because of the new products that we've added into the breadth of the visual suite and because of our push into things like AI. Um, so we're continuing to grow. It definitely hasn't slowed down for us. And I think we're reaching a scale now where it affords us 
to do different things and approach growth in different ways, um, which is really serving us well. We're not a three-person startup anymore. Um, so the things that you need to do when you're you know, operating out of someone's side office is very different from when you're a three and a half thousand person company with quite a few offices around the world. So we can, we can grow our product in different ways. When we launch something like whiteboards or websites, we have a ready-made audience now um, and they're hungry to try these things out because they know the quality and the speed with which they'll be able to do it in Canva. And then that translates into bringing more people on, more word of mouth, more organic growth. Uh, so it's a really virtuous cycle for us. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. In fact, most you know, cloud-based companies go that way. So can we envision you, you know, venturing into newer product areas, you know, perhaps productivity applications or, or you know, document management, an area which you know, blends very closely to your core product? Yeah, I think the beauty of Canvas Visual Suite is that it does blend, you know, the traditional area of productivity with strong design and with visual communication. And it's truly an innovation. It's truly an area that's growing. And it's truly an area that is supremely valuable in today's visual economy. Uh, so we're, we're constantly thinking about new products, new parts of the product that we want to build. We have a list of much, much longer than my arm. And part of the juggling act with Canva is deciding which of those things are actually going to tick off next um, and which is the most important one and where we should uh, you know, divert our resources. So we're never short of new ideas. It's probably picking the right idea at the right time is the key to, to maintaining Canva's innovation and its growth. Now, this has been an exciting discussion. So again, my last question would really be, you know, let's say a year from now, we, we sit down and talk and you know, what can I expect some of the major enhancements over the next 12 months? But most importantly, what would be, you know, what's kind of in store for the next, you know, five to 10 years? I think we have a saying internally, and it's that we're only 1% of the way there. Um, and I think it's pretty true. If you, look at, uh, if you look at the size of the possible internet user market, we're probably only 1% of the way there in terms of Canva's Canvas market share, but being 1% of the way there speaks to our ambition and the true scope of growth that Canva can undertake. We're not a company that is constrained to millions of users or even tens of millions or hundreds of millions. We truly see Canva as a product that can be used by billions of people and growing into those areas, meeting all the use cases and the jobs to be done that those people have is a constant journey. And we're constantly building parts of that. We launched whiteboards last year. We're incorporating AI, which will drastically change people's relationship with not only visual communication, but software itself. And it truly is a new paradigm of working with software to produce better quality content. And I think that will be a rich vein for the next two years, let alone five years or 10 years. Um, it's drastically going to change what software looks like. And we're really excited to explore that with all of our customers and figure out ways for AI and new technologies, whatever they are, to facilitate what they need to do. There are a couple of product verticals that we'll be releasing in the next year or so. I'm not at Libby to say what they are, but rest assured that they'll continue to bring visual design and visual content creation into new areas that make it even more valuable for everyone that uses Canva. Now, excellent. This has been a great conversation, Cam. We hope to, uh, you know, get you back again a year from now to to dissect the, 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 the rest of the things. Yeah, I'd love to. Great to talk to you, Anurag. Thank you.